Welcome back to Esports Forever. My name is Ryan B. Hebert alongside Jacob Schrader, bringing you some of the latest updates in esports, NFTs, and crypto news. Now, starting off today, before we get started in our topic list for this podcast, we, we got to talk about EMP.money, one of our sponsors for all of our tournaments and for our podcast as well. So, Jacob, take it away. Absolutely. So, I actually just gave a whole rant before we started recording. Um, but as you guys probably know, ETH got hit pretty bad the last couple of days, really last week. Uh, EMP has stayed resilient. You know, I can't say we're printing in a, in a bug peg because ETH really fell about 50% in a week. Uh, but we've shown a lot of resiliency. Uh, you know, we basically were slowly creeping back up to being above peg. And at, you know, based on what prices are today, uh, it is the best time to get into EAP money that there has ever been, right? The, the bear market won't last forever, mm -hmm. right? They never do. Uh, you know, prices may go lower than this, but seeing E-shares at the price they're worth now, I mean, it's scary. If you understand EMP money, you're buying E-shares like crazy. Um, and you know, if, if, if you're looking for a reason to get in right now, is the perfect time to do so. Uh, you know, the, the team is completely docs. Nobody sold any of their EMP after this last hit, right? Everyone remains resilient where, you know, they're, they're innovating day after day. Um, and if you want to learn more about it, you can check out the link in our discord or right here on the theta stream. Good stuff. Appreciate it, Jacob. And a big shout out to EMP.money folks. Go check them out. Great community. They're sticking through uh, this this bear market right now. Think about it like this: every now and then, you've got to go through a market of hibernation. That's why that's why it's maybe called a bear market, right? Things go down. They take a rest. They take a breather. But then springtime comes around again, and all of a sudden, everything's hot and bothered. Springtime. Things are blooming left and right. Babies are being born. Birds here and there. Crazy. So we will see an era of growth and prosperity once again. But EMP.money keeps proving that they don't need seasons of prosperity. They just have a well-tailored you know, well -tailored community that continues to just churn out consistency day after day. So it's a creative way to say all of that, but uh, I'm for it. I'm for it. Okay. Diving in to our topics for this week. This is a topic we brought up probably uh, four to five episodes ago. There was the announcement of a esports mockumentary following along an esports player named Cream Cheese, who was almost at the end of their tenure as an esports player looking for an esports championship title. This series has now been officially released onto Paramount Plus, and so far, it's been a hit. Lots of people have liked this show so far, and uh, it's it's quite funny. I've seen um, small tidbits of it left and right. I got to say, you know, before I wasn't too impressed. I remember looking back, I was very critical of something like this. But look at it now. It's pretty funny, man. Uh, you know, the, it's some good acting and like it is what it is. It's a mockumentary, right? So those those sorts of things tend to be just like. If you're into esports, into anything competitive, it's just one of those things like, oh, okay, I'll watch this, see what it's like. And this turns out to be pretty good right now. Yeah, uh, it's a crazy title, A Piss Full of Fun. Yeah, so they're um, referencing a, um, a different TV show in this title. It's kind of weird. In the beginning of the article, they reference a Netflix TV show. Yeah. And uh, they're Wait, like... So okay. 
so they talk about a Netflix TV show where in season one, episode one or episode two, they talk about the scene where there was like a bunch of jars full of piss or whatever. And they're like, it's just like this. Like, that's how fun and exciting this show is. It's yeah. like this previous show where everyone remembers the piss jars. Now, I don't know why. Well, <laughs> no, I'm not going to say I don't know why. It's a, it is a clickbaity title. Piss yeah. jars full of fun. So like this the, this this show literally premieres tonight. Yeah. I'm yes. dang, you just hit me with this Star Wars show. I'm gonna have to watch this one too. This this actually sounds amazing to me. This sounds like an unbelievable TV show. Especially because the guy's name is Cream Cheese. Oh yeah. Like that it's just gonna be so much funny, random stuff. I don't know. I, I'm excited. I never watched whatever the first one they're talking about, American Vandals. I've never seen it, but American Vandal. I guess it was popular, but dude, this sounds is fun. Be sounds this fun, is dude. Be awesome. Sounds good. You know. <clears throat> so we'll see. We'll see. But uh, it's it's funny. You know, mockumentaries. They they are popular, right? They are a hilarious form of like reality entertainment in a way where you know everyone loves a good documentary, but a mockumentary. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. So I'm excited to see how this does. Critics have been liking it so far. So we'll see what you know audiences think of it, right? Yeah. Next up, Nintendo Switch reports have been released once again. The Nintendo Switch has sold over 25 million units uh, reporting from Japan. So this, this makes the Nintendo Switch the fourth best-selling console at Nintendo of all time. Yeah. Which, that's a big deal. That's a big yeah. deal for Nintendo to have... Have a console rise in the ranks like this? Last week, we were talking about how they were holding a stock meeting, and they're like, "Yeah, whatever, whatever comes after the Nintendo Switch is going to be, it's going to be hard. It's going to be tough." Yeah. And with numbers like these, I think it's even more true. It's even harder. So, uh, so the Switch has been out for what three years now? More. Really? More than that? Yeah, a little. Well, around that. No, it's like three to four. It's between there. It's like a it's a weird uh, gap. And, and this is just in Japan, right? So those are those are fast numbers. I was thinking this is worldwide. And although it seemed reasonable, it seems seemed slow, mm-hmm. right? I, I wonder how many units the Wii sold in Japan. That was a pretty big console. I mean, the list the article maybe has the list, but it literally says it's twelve and a half million. Of Wii's? Yeah. Damn. Yeah, I'm seeing I'm seeing way lower numbers than that. So let's say switch total sales. So 107 million switch sales. Uh, interesting. 25 million switch units have been reportedly sold in Japan. So yeah. Period. Big sales, yeah. big sales. I mean, it's it's fun to see. It's a good time. Yeah, this mean. Everything you know, we all think of Nintendo as being the software guys, but they have they have they are maybe even more ahead of the game on hardware. Yeah. Well, like, it's crazy. Sort the, of. The, yeah. Right. I mean, PS fives and Xbox Ones are essentially just upgraded computers that don't have the full capability of a PC, but rather have yeah. the inner workings of a PC at this it point. It doesn't make any sense. I don't, where, I don't understand why consoles are doing that. But. Whereas Nintendo is like, no, this is still a console. We're not trying to give you a PC, but 
yeah. we'll give you a cool console, you know? I mean, yeah, look, but they do innovative stuff, right? The Wii was game changing. It was. Yeah, we've talked about this with like Wii Sports and the sensor bar and Yeah. I mean, how could they make something so revolutionary from the GameCube? Oh yeah. Literally have it be so the remotes are wireless and you need a game bar for it. It's like Okay. It's one thing for me to have a camera, you know, watching me move on screen taking pictures, you know, with a GameCube or a Game Boy, but it's another thing to have a Wii sensor bar picking up IR signals from a remote, you know, it's it's crazy. Mm-hmm. So it's cool. It's cool, man. Fun stuff. Uh, Riot Games. The devs couldn't avoid the nerfs for one of their newest champions, Belveth, uh, queen of the of the Void Deep. Um, basically, she she gets first released at the beginning of uh, I think patch 12.0, 12.1. She gets released. Horrible win rate, like below thirty eight percent. Terrible. She gets patched in 12.1. All of a sudden, her win rate spikes in a week up to 50%, moving even higher now to 55%, easily easily capturing almost every game with people uh, playing her to victory. And so because of this, the devs are like, there's really nothing we can do except nerf her. Yeah. So So what, what she do? What kind of role does she play in? Um, if I remembered correctly, she had like a, I think a bot lane presence. I could be wrong. I think it was a bot lane presence. Um, it's been a while since I've played League. I'm going to be honest. I haven't had a lot of time in the past couple months here with all the live shows that I do personally. So haven't had time to sit down and play League and face off against her. But from what I've seen here, um, it makes sense. I mean, I'm just going to put it like this. Riot continually continuously releases champions that have like stacks on stacks of abilities that make it feel like this champion has things that three other champions can do, but each one has a very specific thing that they do, right? I feel like sometimes they release a new champion and it's like they can jump over walls. They can they can, you know, do a quick teleport here or there or you know, do something weird across the map. And it's like Old champions do not have the luxury of multiple yeah. abilities to be able to do all this shit. And so it's it's just like, you know, the new champions are meant to be game-breaking, and they want stuff that's cool. But yeah. in this case, it looks like it was a little bit too much. A little bit too much. So, getting oh, nerfed, man. but it's okay. It's fine. It's fine. Okay. Esports, cool stuff, but Let's look into NFTs, right? NFT market, crypto market, they're crashing. You know, people are trying to find a floor, but there's no floor. As soon as they find the glass floor, they break right through it because it's just so thin. So this has been going on for the past week. Uh, Bill Gates, a very vocal gentleman on many topics, basically says that uh, NFTs, crypto, they're a scam. And he he cites that there's like the the dumb fool theory or something like that, yeah. Where you know you have people more and more people buying into the same thing, uh, getting duped with with their with their money. And you know this is something that we hear about in government regulation, which is consumer protection, which NFT does not does not have consumer protection. That is just not a thing. 
due to the anonymous nature and the decentralized format of NFTs. So do we listen to Bill Gates when he's saying this? You know, this this is one of the richest men on the planet. And, um, you know, every you can listen to conspiracy theorists if you want about Bill Gates and the vaccine for COVID and oh my God. all that sort of stuff. Like it's it's wild. It's wild what people will say. And I'm yeah. not going to go off on it because it's just misinformation. Um, but legit, you know, this guy, this guy's got his his finger and every pie possible. OK, it's it's kind of gross. And so you got to ask yourself, how much does he really know about crypto? I mean, founded Microsoft many years ago for computers, eventually stepped down from that, moved on to philanthropy. Right. But, you know. Does he really get to just come out to people and use the the platform that he has to be like, crypto and NFTs are a scam. Don't get involved. But then, how do you ignore the the thousands, if not you know, hundred tens of thousands of people who have gotten into crypto, bought in at a perfect time, and then did get rich? Right? There are people who have profited. It's it's like with anything yeah. in capitalism. It's like you know, you could say like. You know, buy into buy these trading cards and, uh, you know, see what happens. Right. And maybe the price goes up. Maybe it goes down. Who knows? But it's like, I don't know. I think it's a little debatable as to whether or not we should be listening to a billionaire yeah. philanthropist who, you know, who you knows? I'll listen to anything Bill Gates says, at least take it into consideration. Right. You know, I'm, I, you know, I'm willing to bet like, Crypto has been around for long enough. Bill Gates done some research, right? He's probably looked into stable coins and, you know, tried to basically rationalize whether this is, you know, really useful. I, you know, I, I think there's probably some things he's not seeing, like how important having currency on the internet is, right? How, how much of a use case there can be for digital goods, right? Through gaming and through other things. Um, and, you know, his big point was the greater fool theory. And that theory basically says that, you know, there's the fool and the fool basically buys cryptocurrencies because he knows he can sell them to people at a higher price. And the people buying them at the higher price are the greater fool. Right. So basically, the greater greater fool theory is when people are buying assets with such a strong assumption that they'll be able to sell them later for a higher price to even stupider investors. Um, it just creates kind of a vicious cycle if there's not really tangible value backing the asset. Oh, yeah. Um, I'm sure there's some of that going on, but I also think there's stuff that he's missing, right? Well, you know, it's hard to say Bill Gates is going to miss something. Um, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm sure he's not as well-versed in what NFTs can really do, right? How how fast the blockchain can perform and how immutable its transactions can be. Well, so, I think uh, utility is a perfect answer to the greater fool theory at its at its base, right? I mean, look at, look at Board Ape Yacht Club. I think you could say that that could be a great example of greater fool theory of buying, but you know, buying early for an ape and then wanting to make a huge profit later on to someone else to be like, oh man, you fool! Like, you just spent so much money on this ape and it it cost me nothing. And but you know, you look at the people who are in the board ape community, and it's just like, I'm not connected to these people because I am a part of their community. I'm a part of that group and. You know, that's not the same for all NFTs, but like for Zen Sportsia, for example, our NFT product, right? 
you know, there's so much going on behind what we offer that it's just kind of like you could say that utility is an answer to proving greater th- fool theory as like, well, yes, like you, the goal is to try to sell off what you had to somebody else. But mm-hmm. is that, you know, it is that malicious or is that just you like taking advantage of like how, how the market works, right? I mean, if I buy something and fix it up or if I hold on to something for a long time and it gains value through through it being old or not available anymore for sale, I mean, there's just a multitude of stuff that I, th- I think you could list off here besides just like, you know, me buying a board ape and then going, oh, there's some fool out there who's going to buy this for four times more than I bought it. I mean, you know, I, you know what I think about, I think about shoe flippers, right? People who buy into like Nike on their like Friday drops at like mm-hmm. 10 AM or whatever. And then they're like, Oh yeah, I bought this for a hundred dollars MSRP and now it's going to sell for a thousand or more. Cause some fool's going to pay for this cool looking shoe. Yeah. Um, it, it, it's certainly similar. Right. I will say the utility thing is huge um, for NFTs. Right. I saw a comment in, in one of the NFT projects that said, you know, hey, I just bought my new Callaway drivers with this NFT and I saved $200. Right. That's value. Mm-hmm. And that's value. It is full, value. Full it, 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 it goes to what you said about utility being so important. Um, so, yeah. That's kind of what I have to say on this one. Yeah, and when it isn't important, then yeah, I guess you could, you know, uh, for example, the uh, Goblin Town would be a perfect example of <laughs> greater fool theory other than wanting to be a part of piss-loving goblins that moan <laughs> over Twitter spaces. That's that's all I got to say. Yeah. <laughs> that's all I got to so, say. Okay, this next article is hilarious. So we talked about a landlord putting up a building for sale as an NFT – well, that went wrong when ETH decided to just drop 50%, right? This guy has lost out $12 million on the original price of the listing. So that he's he's taken it down since then and is going to relist it and readjust due to the 40 to 50% drop from ETH and in value in total that uh, they lost when they had originally listed this, which... I think it's funny, but it's also just a re. This is a reality of using a proportional form of currency compared to the U.S. dollar, right? You know, this isn't USDC. This is not a, a stablecoin pegged to U- U.S. dollars. It's just it's ETH, right? And so, if you put something up for five ETH and the worth of ETH rises and falls, right? This is what happens, and I th- I think it's hilarious. And also, honestly, I wish someone had bought the building and giving this guy a twelve million dollar loss because it shows perfectly how flawed it is to have proportions compared to the U.S. dollar when it comes to crypto being crypto. You know, yeah. how do you approximate the value of an ETH if you're not comparing it to a dollar? We've talked about this before, right? How it's like you want to make a you know payments in crypto. Well, payments in crypto at its base are always compared back to USD or some form of currency in your own native country that happens to be legal tender, right? We're not going around offering people two ETH for a hamburger, right? Because we know that two ETH is worth more than that in US dollars. 
And so until there's an official ETH, like, I mean, it, it, it blows my mind, right? It's like, how much, how much ETH should something be if you're not comparing it to U.S. dollars, right? Yeah. Maybe OpenSea should have an option where it's like you can buy it in ETH, but the price is staying constant to whatever U.S. dollar amount you want. See, the, um, but that that's – well, so that's the thing. It's like, you know, if, if he had listed this on a regular real realtor site, right, it would be in U.S. dollars. And the yeah. U.S. dollar – is not fluctuating in how much the U.S. dollar is other than inflation, which is a whole different topic on its own, right? But the thing is, is like, if you're listing this building for $25 million, let's say, right, uh, on a realtor site for $25 million, okay, it's going to be $25 million. But if you're listing it for $25 million in ETH and then the price of ETH drops – all of, uh, it just sounds like there's something in the proportional math here that just doesn't make sense for there to be a twenty, a twelve million dollar drop in price. That's that's yeah. all I'm saying. So well, it's, uh, I read the article. It says that the NFT doesn't actually give you the ownership of the property. It gives you the absolute exclusive right to buy the property, right? So it's interesting, right? They're not. You know, this is at the end of the day, this is a lot of marketing for them, right? They got what they wanted. Oh yeah, that was some news articles. Mm-hmm. Right. If some, I mean, I don't know if they really expect this NFT to sell. Right. If I'm someone who's interested in buying this, I'm talking. I'm talking to him on the phone, and I'm getting a real offer letter. Right. Uh, you know, that's just that's. If I'm spending thirty million dollars, which I don't have, um, that's how I'd be doing it. Yeah, and you know, it's funny. Our next article here, Jacob, has to do with the multi-purpose, like tool or way of using an nft so you know in this case they were using the nft as a way to get the right to purchase this building next up we have the use of nfts in the form of an auction uh chevrolet is at auctioning off a corvette in an exclusive color of green yeah it looks sick actually it it looks really cool it actually looks so sick and so uh you know, you you can buy an NFT and be entered into the auction to be able to get a chance at this Corvette. So I thought it was. I wanted to. I wanted to make note of this today because, hey, it was another great a great way to use an NFT other than just you're you're buying a picture, you're buying a video or a piece of music. It's something more. It's got greater value. Wow, it's cool. This is a yeah. cool thing that they're doing. Mm-hmm. Dang. It's so the, the mint or the auction is from June 20 to 24 on super rare. Right. Um, only bids are going to be in Ethereum. Right. It looks like it's some partnership between them and super rare. It's cool. I wonder what it'll sell for. Right. I'm going to bet the price of this car is 50 K. What do you think the NFT sells for? To have a buy-in like this. So it's just a buy-in right to be able to auction. So it's a raffle. It's a ra- oh, it's a raffle. Oh, I'm, 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 I was asking. No, so I understood it as this gives you the right to auction. I'm pretty sure. The right to auction. Do you mean the right to buy the car? Well, there's only one. There's so I think this- the, I, I see it as a raffle. First of all, I lost the page, but I see it as a raffle where the winning bidder gets the car. But the thing is, is so is it one NFT? Because that that's just a regular auction, right? Yeah. Chevy's new NFT comes with actual Corvette for winning bidder. 
Hold on. Yeah, I think it's just I think it's just one NFT. Hmm. I think it, it may. I don't think it's. It, it's just like a straight up auction. I think. Okay. Well, they're donating all of the uh, the sales. Yeah. Crazy. That's this is cool stuff. Like I'm a, I'm a big fan of this. Hey, I mean, talk about utility. I mean, this is this is a prime example of yeah. buy the NFT yeah. and win a freaking car. I mean, and it's a it's a it's a one of one car. It's only car colored in this paint color, you know, color based off of the drawing, the yeah. art. Yeah, it's it's that's cool art sick. too. It looks yeah. like a mix between Fortnite and Cyberpunk. Mm-hmm. Oh, how I miss Dang. Rocket League, bro! I miss it so. Yeah, I was. I actually played a little bit of Rocket League maybe a couple months ago. It's Damn, fun. dude. It's good. It's a good time. Okay. Moving on to some crypto talk here. Elon Musk talking about the use of Twitter when it comes to crypto payments. So, you know, a while ago we heard we've heard and we've seen Elon Musk talking about the $44 billion buyout of Twitter. He's been hesitant, but uh there were talks today that he was present at a like company meeting for Twitter, which makes it seem like he's it seems a little bit more more sure about this this buyout. And so he's he's been talking about potentially bringing crypto crypto payments and such to the platform. Honestly, Twitter Twitter would be a pretty good place to introduce that sort of thing. I, I think it'd be pretty cool. Um and he's no stranger to to making his voice heard. I mean, all he's been doing this past week, he's been very active in posting memes. Very yeah, he active. has. He posted one yesterday, and it just said "Crypto Night," but it yep. was like "Crypto Night," like, and then this the Superman Crypto Night thing. Mm-hmm. Okay. Oh yeah, it's good. It's good stuff. Yeah, it's it's interesting for sure. Um, I think he's got some good ideas. You know, uh, obviously, there are always like a team of people behind you, right, for this sort of thing, so that you don't just go in there and say. I think we should do this. There hopefully are people at, at Twitter who are like, you know, we've thought about this before and we just haven't started doing it for, you know, X, Y, and Z, right? I, yeah. I, I can definitely see some some legal stuff when it comes to trying to implement cryptocurrency payments. But in the article, it kind of talks about how, you know, money is pretty digital these days anyway. So, you know, it, it could it could make sense for, for Twitter as like a next step. You know, um, it's funny for creators on Twitter, they have added like a, a tip me button. And so this will be used frequently with like content creators and even like, you know, sex workers on, on Twitter, right? Uh, they, they'll list all of their like payment info. It's hilarious. Have you ever had like a spam account just like randomly follow you on Twitter and you're like, who is this? Like, this is not related <laughs> to my account whatsoever. And yeah. like, I've, I've seen like different accounts, even for like bigger content creators where it's like, yo, tip me. You know, you click on it and it shows all their like payment options. It's it's cool, it's cool. But imagine if that was like instead of you linking to Venmo or to PayPal, it's like no, tip me right now here on Twitter from your own Twitter wallet, right? You can like, that that could be pretty cool. That could be pretty cool. So we'll see, man. We'll see. It could be interesting. Yeah. Um, in, in addition, you saw he got he's getting sued for two hundred fifty eight billion dollars. For what? He's someone who thinks that he misled the public on Dogecoin. It's 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 absurd. It, you know, they're basically selling, suing him for his entire net worth. They're suing him. They're suing Tesla. They're suing SpaceX. It's just a joke. But uh, 
Interesting. Someone thinks they have a chance. Um, Elon Musk for $280 billion. Good stuff. Good luck. Good luck. I'd like to see that come to fruition. But then, uh, I don't know, at that point, for all that for all that Elon has done bad, some might say, I do see the space exploration and advancement in electric cars as a pretty good thing. So yeah. uh, I would say that this this lawsuit kind of sounds like it would inhibit the advancement of civilization just a little bit. But, you know, <laughs> not not up to me. Right. Can you imagine they win this lawsuit and it's like, well, I now have to shut down. <laughs> Uh, Tesla, uh, Tesla, and SpaceX. So, good luck heading to Mars, NASA. Uh, fuck all of you, and uh, peace yeah. out. You know that, like he would say that. You know, yeah, dude. If, if this, if, if, <laughs> imagine if this guy won the two hundred fifty-eight billion dollar lawsuit against Elon Musk. That would be the most absurd thing. The funniest thing is that Elon probably has so much money to spend on lawyers that there yeah. probably isn't any way for this person to win this because. They'd be out lawyered, you know, billions to one. You know, it'd literally be like Johnny Depp versus Amber Heard. Even more so, bro. Even more so. In this case, it's like, what proof do you have that you were misled other than you bought a bunch of Doge and now you're in now you're in the gutter crying, working at McDonald's for ten dollars an hour, you know, somewhere in no, not even seven like what is it, seven twenty five minimum wage somewhere in like some of the southern states in the US. That's what they're doing. They're sitting down there, seven twenty-five an hour in a Mickey D's, suffering because they were once a Diamond Hands Dogecoin billionaire, and now they're just now they're serving cold stale fries at a freaking McDonald's counter, bro. That, that's what it is. I feel like you're, 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 you're there's something personal here with you. <laughs> you're attacking someone in particular. No, I, I all I'm doing is just going off of the memes that I constantly see on Twitter about McDonald's, bro. Dude, it's so. Do you know about this? This meme? No. This, like, so basically the joke is, is like, like all these crypto, you know, like millionaires, right? Um, you know, a lot of them were like, oh, I used to work at like such a shitty place like McDonald's. Or like, oh man, just lost all my money. Gotta go work at McDonald's to make a minimum wage to, to, <laughs> to wait, to wait out the fallout of this crypto crash. It's yeah. hilarious. I think it's hilarious. It's it's hilarious. It's, I thought some of that stuff was funny, but that's actually what Goblin Town started as. Goblin Town NFT was like a reaction to the fact that all these guys were like jokingly saying, "Oh, they're they're poor for the rest of their lives." Yeah, yeah, legit. I mean, they're like, I put my entire life savings into Dogecoin because Daddy Musk said so. It's like, okay, you know, I'm not gonna lie. When Elon Musk said that Tesla was freezing hiring, I did sell quite a bit of my assets. Uh, like I don't take his, I don't, you know, don't, don't really take it when he says to buy Dogecoin. But when Elon Musk said that shit was going downhill, that, that meant a lot to me, to be honest. Um, yeah. Well, we're, we're, we're going to be talking about a hiring thing in a moment here. Um, not, go. not too similar to that, but it's, it's a little bit of breaking news and we're, we're, uh, no, no news sites have been on this yet. So it's definitely interesting to see. Uh, before we get there, though, uh, last but certainly not least, Mark Cuban, Ethereum maximalist, as the article describes from finance.yahoo, uh, talks about uh, basically Mark Cuban's stance on crypto right now. He goes, look, these cheap, like unwavering companies that 
you know, have been using, you know, you know, uh, easy and like unreliable money to stand up during this like crypto boom are going to be, uh, you know, shaken out and, you know, they're going to be gone after all this. Uh, basically, he quoted Warren Buffett by saying, when the tide goes out, you see who's swimming naked is what uh, <laughs> is what he said. And so it's it's kind of the same thing here. It's like the tide's going out, and we're seeing you know who's running who's running around swimming naked, trying to make it by, and realizing that they're they're not clothed. They they do not have the funding and the necessities to keep on going. So it's a little sad to hear, but it's the truth. Markets right now aren't great. Oh, I'm getting some frame droppage here. But we're still recording, so it's okay. Can you hear me, Jacob? Yep. When the okay. tide goes out, you see you get to see who is swimming naked. Yeah. So is he talking about when we go into a bull market, bush market, or bear? Bull, what's the other one? Bear. bear. When yeah. we go into a bear market, you see who has no liquidity. Correct. Like backing them. Yeah. Big big time. It's a good uh, good little. It's a good little metaphor. Simile. Uh, oh god, I forget what those are called. Proverb. It's a good yeah. little proverb. Mm-hmm. Gosh, I remember learning all about proverbs. <laughs> it's a good but, one. But uh it's good I one. like it. Yeah. When the tide goes out, you get to see who's swimming naked. Wow. It's funny. It's funny <laughs> for sure. It's it's a good one. It's a good one. Yeah. Okay. Last... <laughs> <No maximalist. laughs> oh yeah, it's 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 a it's a good title. Whoever wrote this, props to them. Props to yeah. them. <clears throat> okay. Last but certainly not not least, I started seeing this all over my Twitter timeline in the last hour. G Fuel has quietly laid off like 10 to 15, if not more, partner and talent uh, managers on their staff. Oh, okay. So they, I thought you, I thought they were hiring them. They've laid them off. Yeah. Okay. They've been laying them off. And so people, so, but the thing is, is that all of these people have been posting the same message on the Twitter. They're like, just got laid off from G Fuel, uh, looking for work now. Let me know. And so people are like, is this a stunt? Is this real? You know, like what's, what's going on? But so far, the masses are believing what's being put out there. And so people are like, oh, FG Fuel, bad company, boycott. First of all, I've never been for G Fuel, mostly because it's a highly caffeinated product that is branded to gamers, which then eventually makes its way to kids. Yeah, and I don't like G Fuel either, to be honest. I, I've always had a problem with this. And, you know, I've I've gone back and forth on... Um, <laughs> As what I like to call G Fuel loyalists, right? About about G Fuel, <laughs> because listen, man, they are they're cultish. They really are. are they you know, the G Fuel folks. Yeah, they're cultish about it because it's zero sugar. Um, you know, if you go to the site, you know, they have this FAQ at the bottom. So there's about as much caffeine in G Fuel as you would find in a large cup of coffee. But here's the problem, right? G Fuel is a substance, or they call it a natural supplement, actually, 
so it does not require FDA approval. <laughs> oh boy. Uh, so that's the biggest thing. Um, you know, the site is basically like, look, we have facilities that are FDA inspected, but we don't have to be FDA approved to exist, unlike other food and drug companies. Mm-hmm. Um, it's interesting. The G Fuel is live on Twitch now. When I'm reading all about this on Twitter, I guess they fired a whole team of project managers and influencer relation guys. Yeah. Uh, and I guess they were calling them like bad names. So I don't know. Are they are they live on Twitter about the drama? Or are they like gaming? They're live on Twitch, just streaming. <clears throat> Weird. Is the, the CEO is just playing Fortnite. Really? One hundred percent. That's wild, bro. How do you lay off people like that and then go play Fortnite on your Twitch channel, bro? I mean, market's tough <laughs> right now. I get it, but there's a time and place for you as the CEO to be. Like, oh, gotta gotta lay off a team of people and then like gotta go play fort, you know? Gotta fo- go yeah. play fort with the bros. <laughs> gotta squat up. It's funny, man. It's so funny. It's funny. Okay, well, hey man, I uh, appreciate you hopping on today. Thank you everyone for watching. Apologies for the technical difficulties. We've had a little bit of dropped framage near the end here, but uh the whole VOD and everything will be perfectly fine, no problem there. Jacob, thanks for hopping on today. Appreciate you as always. And uh, until next time, folks, for the Esports Forever podcast. 